Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Maureen Hitu, AVP of IS Operations at Penn Medicine. In part two, she talks about the main differences between working for a faith-based organization and an academic medical center, how her early experiences with, with EHR implementations has helped her understand the burdens clinicians are carrying and what leaders can do to alleviate it, and why storytelling has become such a critical part of her philosophy. So I guess similar to, you know, the approach that you took coming to the organization. And like you said, your first experience working with an academic medical center. So I imagine that that was a learning time for you. (laughs) And it continues to be a learning time. There is not a day that goes by that I don't learn something new, which is great. I've been in healthcare IT probably close to 40 years at this point. All of that time, other than a a couple of years with tenant healthcare, the majority of that time I spent in faith-based healthcare. And so the approach is a little bit different. The challenges are very different. In faith-based healthcare, there is a constant financial challenge because of the communities that you're serving and the the various payer mixes there. You don't quite have the opportunity to do some of the really innovative things that you can accomplish when you're better positioned financially, when the organization is better positioned financially. And so one of the things that became very apparent to me as I walked into Penn Medicine is the difference in the level of innovation and the pace of change in the organization. You combine the highly skilled, very bright clinicians that have to provide care in an academic medical center where the patient's conditions are so much more complex with the constant influx of new talent from the School of Medicine. And you are constantly challenged to be agile, to support these clinicians in their quest for innovation. They're always looking to provide better, more efficient, more effective care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that, as you said, it does continue. The learning doesn't stop, but when you did enter the organization, how did you approach that as far as, you know, really getting to know the organization and the people? Were there certain people you reached out to or how did you uh, navigate that? So I I was fortunate that I reported to a gentleman at the time who had been with Penn Medicine for many, many years. Mm -hmm. He was instrumental in arranging the right introductory meetings. And so having responsibility for, for entity services, you're meeting with executives throughout all of those individual business units. Now, if you think about it, you start internally with the IS leadership and the key people within functions that are part of IS, and then you're branching out to those entities. So having an opportunity to meet with the clinical leaders, the operational leaders at all hospitals, to meet the leader of Penn Medicine at home, which is our our home care hospice, home-based infusion therapy. And so being able to meet all of those various constituents took quite a bit of time. You know, I probably did that, those meetings throughout the course of six months. Some of them were virtual, many of them were in person. And so you're traveling around, you get to see the individual facilities, you get to meet the staff on site, which was a very important experience to have when I first came here. In addition to meeting all the key IS leaders, obviously you're meeting your teams and their teams. And so making sure that you're more than just a name and a box and an org chart, 
to the staff that are doing all the important work and have a chance to meet them. It wasn't, you know, I was probably here for about eight or nine months when the pandemic hit and then we moved to virtual. And so I always counted myself very fortunate that before, you know, we went to working remotely for a good portion of the time, I had that opportunity to build relationships face-to-face with people throughout the entities. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of people who did have to go through that experience. It was certainly easier, I'm sure, having already had established some of those in-person relationships. So when you look at your, your previous experience, having been with, as you said, faith-based organizations and going through some major initiatives like EHR implementations, I would imagine that you're able to draw from a lot of that experience in your role now. Even though there are different situations, do you find that you're able to draw on some of the lessons learned? Absolutely. You know, I think in the early days of EHR implementations and CPOE implementations, you recognize the importance of the clinician and the burden that the clinicians are carrying and being able to rely on that expertise to understand where they're coming from, what they're looking for, how I can support them all comes from that breadth of experience. And the same thing with the business leaders. I mean, having been in a broad range of positions over the course of my career, I've dealt with everything from revenue cycle and HIM through the clinicians and then working with the executive teams as well. And so you bring that body of experience to every encounter that you have, whether it's talking with clinicians about contract for some innovative tool they're looking to deploy or it's working with the business leaders on the ERP implementation, attempting to help the organization determine how we're going to prioritize or what projects are getting staffed at any given time, how to balance the onslaught of demand for new projects, new technologies, new systems with the supply of resource. You know, obviously there's always a finite supply of talent and dollars. And so you're looking for opportunities to be able to make sure that We've got the right processes in place. We've got a tremendous governance structure within Penn Medicine that that existed well before I came on board. That was also something that struck me as being very unique to Penn Medicine in my experience. Just this broad level of involvement in various levels of governance structures. And, And so that helps inform the decisions that we're making around projects and making sure that we understand what's most important to the organization. Yeah. And, you know, having gone through a lot of different experiences, I would imagine your own philosophies kind of evolve just in terms of what it takes to lead strong teams and high performing teams. And is that something that's been the case and evolution over, you know, how you how you tend to approach things? Absolutely. And if you think about it earlier in your career, you're moving from supervisory functions to management functions and ultimately to leadership. And as you move through each of those phases, you build skills and attempt to make sure that the teams are developing in the same way that you are continuing to develop. As I think back over my career, you move from telling people what to do and how to do things to helping them understand why they're doing what they're doing. I found that my teams are most effective when they understand 
how what they do connects back to the goals and the objectives and the success of the greater organization. Many of us end up, especially in IT, we could go work anywhere. You know, we could work in any industry at any place, but we choose to be in healthcare because we feel a desire to have an impact, to do something that contributes to the greater good. And so it's always been important for me to make sure that I could translate for my teams how the work that they do supports our patients, supports our clinicians, contributes to the strategic success of the organizations that we're serving. And I think that 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 has taken a while to evolve, but I recognize and I've seen the impact of being able to do that and how that inspires the teams and helps them stay connected and stay engaged. I think the other part that you recognize as you mature in your career as a leader as well, is that you have the greatest impact when you are leading leaders. And so it's important not just to focus on skill development in terms of technical skill, but to help the members of our team evolve into leaders in their own right and to become effective so that the impact that they have broadens across the organization. And that's something that has been important to me over the course of my career as well. Right. Yeah, really interesting. And I really liked what you were saying about translating how what's done in IS and IT, how that supports the clinicians, the patients. And we've heard more about the power of storytelling. And I, I find that to be really interesting. And for you, do you kind of try to weave that into your approach? I do. Although I will tell you that I still have a lot of progress to make in my own skills at storytelling. But in a lot of cases, Kate, it's, it's, you rely on that experience again. So the storytelling is about the real impact, the patients that we're serving, the way our clinicians are using the systems to provide care. In many cases, I found it even more effective to invite those clinicians in to tell their own stories to the team to help them understand, to help, you know, to help our staff realize what a tremendous positive impact they have, whether it's in the support that they're providing from the service desk, or it's in the development of additional functionality in the applications or, or infrastructure that is extremely, extremely dependable and wireless that is widespread so that the clinicians can be mobile. And you know all those things that we do every day that seem like they're mundane day-to-day you know, expectations of an IT department, you don't realize in a lot of cases how that translates down at the bedside. And so it's helpful to have clinicians be able to talk to that about what those experiences are like, both when they're good and when they're not so good, so that we recognize that you know, it's important for us to stay connected to our clinicians. And now as we see digital tools moving out into our patients' hands to recognize what that experience is like for our patients. Yeah. And has that been a bit more challenging with hybrid and remote teams as far as, you know, trying to make those connections? It is, although it's always preferable to be face-to-face One of the advantages that you have when you're supporting virtual teams is that you have an opportunity to draw people into the conversation who may not have been able to make it there physically. 
you know, so when you think about it, it becomes sometimes a little bit more convenient for somebody to participate because they may be able to pop into a, a video conference for 15 minutes where in a different environment, they would have had to travel to a location, commit a, a more significant amount of time. So I, I think that opens up a little bit of opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I guess, yeah, the last thing I would really ask is that you talked about leading leaders. And when you think about what it will take to grow and continue to develop next generations of leaders, what are the qualities that you find to be really important? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the the qualities that I look for to recognize leaders is their ability to develop and maintain relationships. Now, if you think about it, in order to do that, that encompasses a lot of skills. First of all, you need to be able to establish credibility with the people that you're working with. You need to communicate effectively. You need to be able to listen, use critical decision-making in order to maintain those relationships with your staff, with your peers, and with your customers. And so for me, you know, although there's a lot of things that you're looking for in a leader, you're looking for someone who can engage with their teams, who can inspire their teams to do the really hard work that we do every day. For me, it boils down a lot into their ability to establish and maintain those relationships. And so that's always a key tell that helps me recognize the leaders. In many cases, you can pick out the informal leaders by their ability to do that. Um, And they end up being very adept at establishing those relationships and building a certain amount of influence, even where they don't have authority. And so that to me is something that I look for in my leadership team. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.